everybody. Welcome to episode six of our podcast, Innovating the Industrial World. I'm your host, John King and CEO of Cross, and I'm here with my really good friend, Brian Page. Brian and I go way back with some work we've done in high school robotics, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about what we're doing in the flooring industry. So Brian, why don't you introduce yourself and tell folks what you do? I'm Brian Page. I obviously work here at Cross. Uh, I've been in manufacturing process development industry now for about uh, 40 years. <laughs> it's been a long time. And I've, I've landed at, at Cross where I just get to do a lot of fun stuff. We get to do some very cool things. So we've done some awesome things recently for the flooring industry. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how we got started and what all it is? When we approached the flooring industry, the, the very first thing we learned is they were losing a lot of money and struggling with measuring gloss. Gloss is what you and I see when we look at our flooring um, in our homes. That isn't the trouble, though, because that's that represents a very small batch of their manufacturing. Their biggest problem is when you get into commercial sites, uh, very large areas, and you see planks or or pieces that are are very shiny or very dull when they're supposed yeah, to be the opposite. Match, yeah. Or you know, half the room looks different than the other half of the room. And what's funny is I remember one of those conversations a long time ago with them, and it started off with, okay, show me where you're having some of the most issues quality-wise. So a big chunk of what we do is help people improve quality. So right. I think that's where the conversation started. So did. how did that – tell us about how the, what are the quality issues around gloss? Well, when we got into the plants, we started looking at their processing um, and their manufacturing and how they sample it. And what we very quickly learned was – the industry at that time was simply taking a, a spot sample. So they take a large piece of flooring every 30 minutes, um, put a handheld gloss meter on a spot, and you know write that down, and, and that's their quality. We learned very quickly operators could um, miss the oh, yeah. issue. They, they could get a different answer no matter where they put it. Plus, they were sampling every 30 minutes. A lot happens in their manufacturing process in 30 minutes. And you may have multiple pieces in a very large area, right? Yes. If you're building a building, you yes. know, you're going to have a cafeteria or something going to have more. It ain't going to be one piece. So what, what was present, what we learned, and I'll, and I'll get into that in a minute, what we learned was there are a lot of process upsets that they knew were there, but they never had a means of detecting them. And if they could detect them, they could compensate for them. So one of the first things we did was, uh, you know, we we talked about gloss. We knew this was this was new to to cross. This was uh, something the industry was familiar with, but they didn't have any way of doing it continuously. So you know, we we searched the uh, we searched the market. We found a variety of gloss meters, but only one of them that would really work well in an industrial environment in continuous use. Yeah. So we got a hold of a sample. We took it to the customer. And I remember that day when we put the mounted the gloss meter over their flooring as it was passing by. Yeah. And I watched the, the the scope on the computer and I thought, oh well, this it was a nice try, but I don't think this is working because it was very noisy. And it was at that point I turned around and I looked at the engineers staring in amazement at the data that so was the first there. time they'd ever seen it constantly. Yeah. Exactly. What I thought was failure because, you know, my I, I look for patterns in data, and I didn't see a pattern at first, but they pointed out to me, this is happening here, this is what's happening in the process, this is what's happening side to side. We always knew it was there, but we never had a way to measure it. That's awesome. So that led to, 
yes, we want this, yeah. um, then we basically integrated that into a computer system, a continuous data collection system. So they went from sampling one spot every 30 minutes to um, continuous so what kind of technology are we using in this gloss meter? The, the, the gloss meter basically is um, a light that is, is, is projected onto a material that you want to measure the gloss of at an angle. Okay. And there are two ways of doing it. Handhelds basically send in uh, light at an angle and they measure the direct reflectance. And then they sort of make up a gloss number. Gloss isn't necessarily a precision measurement. It, it, it's kind of a, it, it's kind of a, somewhat of a made-up number because you're you're just looking at how much is is reflected. You know, the example I have seen and given is you could have a a matte finish like a like a wood table, or you could have a tray of ball bearings, and if you measure gloss in that way, you'd get the same number. Got it. So. Um, so and then, we have to create more variation. We have to know more about that and characterize yes. it a little bit more. And really, the gloss measurement, and, and once we all understood this and the value to the to the flooring industry, when you measure gloss, it is basically specific to the context that you're measuring. You know, so if I measure gloss on a on a tabletop and give you a number, and you go measure gloss on your car and give you a number another number, those are irrelevant. It, it. It, it's only to the quality of the paint on your car, they would me you know, yeah. particularly measure or you know, in, in the flooring. And this is on wood, obviously not carpet, but is this wood or vine? What kind of flooring? Oh, the, the flooring that we have these de um, deployed in currently is all vinyl and luxury vinyl flooring. Got it. Um, mostly laminated and, and getting into extruded type uh, vinyls. So how was it able, when they were measuring glossy engineers are going, oh my gosh, now I finally get to see this. Were they able, are they able to do anything about it? Are they able to control yes. it? Yes. The, the very first system that we put in, um, one of the goals of that project was to also live stream that data to their, their data collection system, their SCADA. Mm -hmm. So they're plotting it now. So they have uh, displays uh, for the operators to see, and the operators can now watch and see the trends. Uh, so that they can adjust the process in real time, not waiting for that 30 minute. Uh, you know, making 30 minutes worth of scrap is, is very, it's very costly. Which is what they were doing before, right? Exactly. So being able to, being able to measure this and measure it consistently, were they able to control it? Yes. And if they're able to control it, a lot, lot less scrap. Correct. That's real, the real sort of, you know, tangible, really dollars and cents about uh, the value associated with it. Mm -hmm. Not only were they able to control the bulk measurement, um, like in web, because these, these floorings are all produced in a continuous web and then cut down the, um, later on in the process. Yeah, how wide is this thing? Um, depending on the, the, the customer, anywhere between one and a half to up to two and a half meters wide. Oh, wow. Okay. So what we quickly learned because we were, um, scanning the data across the web that we could provide data useful to two groups. Um, downstream or the product um, people mm -hmm. can take our data and we, we build this into our systems where we break up the web into lanes. So they know their web is, is so wide and they know how many planks um, or strips they're going to cut out of that. Okay. 
and they tell us. So we give them the ability to, to program or, or enter the amount of lanes that this has. So now they have sort of an indicator of what kind of variability they can expect plank to plank. Got it. The other um, subdivision is for the process people. Now, because you're producing a really wide web, there are upstream processes that can't do it continuously. I mean, they have to break it up into zones. Got it. So there may be um, zones related to um, pressing or laminating the material together, you know, different pressures and temperatures. There are certainly laminate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They have different laminating temperatures. They have different curing zones. These are all, you know, uh, terminology from from the flooring industry. But the upstream now not only needs to say set a bulk variable to yeah. uh, control the um, the gloss inline or in in web. They also need to vary process settings across web so they can get consistent gloss across the web across. and across all of the planks. Right. And so that, and that big deal is for when they put it on the floor and it's installed, the customer goes in and looks at it and goes, oh, yeah, that looks consistent because they yes. would have problems with it being inconsistent. Yes. That's awesome. And so we put this in. They're able to control that. They're able to control the process a little bit better to produce better gloss. So then they moved on to measuring some other things, right? So that was really, really helpful to them. Tell us about what sort of right. the next step was. Once we, once we developed this uh, gloss machine, it started to, you know, it, it started to spread within the industry. And we demonstrated various things to other companies, so other companies got involved. Well, then we moved on to the next opportunity because we learned that uh, one one customer in particular that we were dealing with at the time also recognized they have a problem with emboss. So when you buy um, vinyl flooring, you know, not only will it have a coating on it, which dictates I mean, it basically it creates the, yeah. the shine, the gloss, the matte, whatever it is. They also press in um, sort of like a texture, a, texture, yeah. uh, a simulated wood grain, or if it's a, a vinyl that represents a tile or a slate, there, there's there's a sort of a micro pattern in there. Sure. The, that also is very important to the appearance. So now, now we have two things that the industry wants to control. The gloss, which is kind of a chemical um, coating, mm -hmm. but the emboss, which is mechanical. Yeah, and it's so you can get a consistent... And action. both of those, absolutely, both of those play a part in... When you lay out your floor and again you look across a room, the bigger the room, the, the more critical it is, you can see all those variations. Because and even they, I can see that stuff incredibly well. Exactly. They want every plant, er, plank, er, yeah. every part to look the same. And, and not only that, now we're getting into the manufacturing footprint conversation sure. where they may be making these planks in multiple plants, maybe yeah. even in multiple countries. And they need to keep it consistent. And they want the flooring to, to, to be consistent or to be the same. So, so how, I mean, tell us about that journey, about how in the world do you measure the embossing pattern? Well, that was a little more difficult. That took some time and a little bit of inventing. Um, right now, the, the flooring industry will, will take a sample. And they'll take it to a lab, much like many of our labs where we have profilometers. Yeah, yeah. And they'll measure very precisely 
the, 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 the contour and the shape in there. But you can imagine that's very that that's not very useful process data. Yeah, and what I can tell the audience <laughs> is for the folk, we're in a precision measurement group too, and Brian works in automation. And in the precision measurement group, he's talking about a profilometer, and that takes like a probe and goes across a surface, and it actually measures the peaks and valleys. But it, doing that across a gymnasium floor would be pretty, you know, exactly. it's not even practical. Exactly, and and the turnaround time of that, you know, by the time you've taken a sample to your lab to measure it. I mean, you're already making something different. At so how time. did we figure out how to do that quickly? Well, we started working with laser um, displacement and trying to measure the surface with laser. We ran into a lot of difficulties, and, and it took a lot of experimentation because the, the, the top coatings on the flooring are, are clear layers. Yeah. Um, there, there is a laminated layer, which is the wear layer, which prevents us from, from scraping or, or cutting or our, our dogs from destroying it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then there was that coating that was put on there for, for the, um, the gloss output. So when we first started working with lasers, um, and, and we've heard this even from various laser manufacturers that, that we talked to, flooring was difficult because of that clear. Yeah. It gets very noisy because you're, you're looking for a laser to bounce off at an angle. And sometimes you'll be reading the surface. Sometimes you'll be reading the bottom of that clear layer. Makes sense. So, it, it took us a lot of experimenting to first find the correct laser, okay. the correct laser manufacturer, um, to get a readout that was was produce, reproducible. Mm -hmm. So, so we spent quite a bit of time making sure our laser output matched profilometer. Got you it. Know, tried to measure the exact same place and, and overlay them. So we did end up using lasers eventually. We ended up using lasers and. The other thing we wanted to overcome is the fact that if you just use a single point laser yeah. and, and scan the whole um, width of the flooring, you run into an issue where there's just way too much information. Plus, you have the laser bouncing up and down, you know, on a, on a, on a very micron level on your actuator. And, and it just, it, it didn't necessarily provide useful data. So we went to a, a 2D laser scanner. Okay. Um, it, it, it's basically a, a laser profilometer mm -hmm. that will give you a profile. So now we send that across the, the flooring and take sna uh, many snapshots, and then we process that data. Next comes the, the, the challenges. You still have noise in there. Yeah. We would not have been successful if we only used the, the laser data as a... Um, you know, like the difference between the minimum and the maximum right. to get the embossed depth. But simultaneously, we also learned that the embossed patterns are are so intricate. You know, the the wood grain, for example, has deep grooves and then has kind of a micro finish. Right. Uh, and we're able to sense that. And we can we can see that with the laser. But what we needed to do was to turn that into useful data for the customer, right. uh, for the industry. So just like with gloss, like I told you, uh, gloss is a, a gloss it's number. It's a number, yeah. We promoted the idea of an emboss number, okay. which on any given or any specific emboss pattern, um, and you know, every, every industry, every manufacturer has a finite number, four to maybe 10. Yeah. So within within that gloss or in, in boss, um, 
we found that we can create this number that's relative to that. Right. So we take like what is a perfect quote unquote wood grain mm -hmm. and we say, okay, we're going to get that sort of the, it's very similar to something we talked about earlier uh, in, an, in an earlier episode around the golden standard. So you have like this golden standard of this is what we say is the best wood grain. Mm -hmm. And now we can compare that, make sure not only the, the number, but the repeatability of that yes. number and tell them, hey, this new flooring you're making is consistent with that or is within tolerance of that standard, right? That's exactly correct. That's awesome. So, so did we have to start then developing those those numbers? For we we actually, we knew that that would be a very onerous project. Sure. And and not only that, now we're getting into the proprietary nature with every, mm -hmm. every customer. So what we did was we built a system that allows them to put in you know, define their flooring. They they can define everything down to the part number. You okay. know, imagine a manufacturer and they got 1,600 different part numbers. They can define it on that level. Some customers only want to define it on the emboss level. Got it. So we've, we've given them that capability. We, all of our systems are, are computer-based. So we, we, in the computer, we have a a native database. Yeah. So we're collecting data for... We're creating know, the database, the yeah. hardware, the software, the whole thing. Exactly. So we write the programs to allow them to visualize the data, to export it to whatever quality system they have or want, and then come back and put in that... that I, I always call it the, 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 the cruise control. Yeah. You know, when you know you're going the right speed, you press the button, that's where you want to run. Yeah. And you want to stay between um, limits. So actually, our, our displays um, have on them true classic SPC, a run chart, range chart. And we also take the data from one scan across the flooring and we present that. So they can look at that and they can see, well... So they can see across the web, we call mm -hmm. it the web, across the width of the flooring that they're making. You, yes. can, you have a sort of an upper limit, lower limit, and they want to say that they're running in between. Yes. And we can show them that. So it's useful It's useful data so an operator can go, oh, my gosh, I'm getting out of tolerance. I need to do something or no, I'm good. Yes. And and, and that's for an emboss and gloss. That both, yes. As a matter of fact, the same customer that, that, that started our, our emboss journey um, has a machine where gloss and emboss is on the same head. Oh, cool. So we're actually calculating or, or capturing that overlaid data. And the very interesting thing now is what we are learning. The, 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 this is I, I, not industry specific, but what we are learning, and I can demonstrate to you on paper, is that emboss and gloss are not independent. Got it. They're related. Yeah. So that brings us all back to making all of this floor look the same. Right. Uh, you know, they, they've got a tremendous challenge because they have this very long process line and they have to control temperatures and pressures and coating thickness and coating curing. And, and all those things have an effect on the yes. gloss and the embossing pattern. But what that has an effect on is whether or not a person walks into a big floor and goes, Oh, that doesn't look right. Correct. That's awesome. Yeah. And to cap this all off, because we're working with uh, computer control, we build web servers yeah. into our controls, and all of this database data is now available to anybody on 
you know, that local, any, anybody the company will allow sure. on that machine network. So, um, but they can know. also be in an engineering team somewhere and then be looking at a plant in Georgia, a plant in wherever. Exactly. And they can now start comparing to your point, plant to plant. Uh, I recently visited one, a, a site where we had machines and I, I, I call it, uh, the uh, air traffic control room <laughs> where you have quality and engineers all around a pot of computers. And literally at one point, several of them were watching our machines and getting on the phone, watching telling the operators, yeah. yes, telling the operators upstream to make a change. That's awesome. So we've, we've gone from taking this measurement that somebody in, in the industry needed to improve to a, a complete command center to control these variables on Yeah, and I would suggest it's not even just taking a measurement we needed to improve, but it was a company that these customers that are saying, we're having quality problems and we're having to scrap a, yes. a lot of material and that's costing us a lot of money. And, and heaven forbid it gets out to a, I mean, they may scrap it before it ever leaves the plant, which is expensive, but if it gets out into a customer, then that could be really bad. Um, so they're able to control that quality a lot more. Exactly. Well, just to give you a, uh, you know, if we always like to talk ROI in our company. Right? Yeah, we do. When we did the first gloss project, um, when we first got into it and started providing uh, continuous data, entirely up to that point, we never got into ROI because we were trying to solve a technical problem. Right. So the company was willing to invest to to, to get that solution. When all was said and done, they revealed to us that all our system had to do was to prevent 12 hours worth of scrap, and it pays for itself. That's amazing. So what, how do you calculate yeah, an so ROI of 12 hours? we're all geeking out on the technical thing. <laughs> and we're, we're solving technical problems and business problems at the same time. Yes. That's kind of what we do. That's yes. what we call innovating the industrial world. Agreed. That's awesome. Well, that concludes Episode 6 of Innovating the Industrial World. If you've liked what you've heard, uh, click like and subscribe below. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, certainly enter them into the comment section. And if you want to learn more, go to crosscode.com on the automation team in the precision measurement group, and you'll see uh, the specific solutions, and you can learn a lot more about how we solve those problems. Brian, thank you so much. This is You're awesome. Welcome. Cool beans. Thank you.